You are listening to the following Sunday School lesson through the Newfound Faith website. Visit our site for more lessons like this one and for sermons and Bible studies as well. I also ask that you become a follower to the site by signing up with your email address under the subscribe tab. Don't miss a sermon, Sunday School lesson, Bible study, or any announcements. Subscribe today. You can follow along with the commentary of this lesson at newfoundfaith.org. There, you will be able to dive even deeper into this lesson with more details and see all of the scripture references. This week's Sunday School lesson, lesson number 12 in the spring quarter, Spiritual Weapons. This week's lesson is being taught from the 10th chapter of 2 Corinthians, starting at the first verse and going through the 12th verse, then skipping to the 17th verse and the 18th verse. Be sure you take a moment to read today's passage of scripture before continuing to listen to this lesson. Pause the audio now. Unpause the audio once you have finished reading. lesson this week is going to be taking a look at the spiritual weapons of a child of God, one who genuinely believes in the Lord. This, le- this lesson uh, is, is not an exact follow up uh, to what we took a look at in our lesson last week. Last week, uh, we took a look at being an ambassador for Christ and we look at we looked at how we should carry ourselves uh, and, and how we judge others and in how we uh, should share the gospel, the good news uh, with all people, uh, regardless of of our personal judgment of someone. We have to let that go, judging someone uh, by their outward appearance. Uh, rather, we should, again, this message, this good news, it is meant for all people. And so we should try to discern what's going on on the inside of someone rather uh, than our judgment of somebody by Uh, the outward appearance as a representative of Christ. Again, we are to go out and we are to share the good news with all people. But when we go out, uh, we should understand, uh, like Jesus said, we are going out amongst wolves. Not everybody is going to be accepting or receiving of the good news. Uh, There are going to be people who stand in opposition of the gospel. There are going to be people who stand in opposition of the good news. So sharing the gospel for one who is a child of God, one who genuinely believes, one who is serving the Lord, one who is ministering, uh, it can be rather difficult at times. Okay. We can be met with uh, much, we can be met with much adversity. And so we, as a child of God, we have to know how we should handle, how we should confront uh, this adversity. Okay. Again, there are going to be some who are accepting of the good news and there are going to be others uh, who aren't as accepting of the good news. And so uh, what we're going to be taking a look at today is this spiritual war uh, that we are a part of, the spiritual weapons that we have uh, in combating this war. Uh, When I think about spiritual weapons, uh, when I think about this spiritual war, I think about what Paul wrote to the Ephesians, where Paul wrote to the Ephesians in the sixth chapter of Ephesians, 
uh, that we aren't wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and and rulers of darkness. We are up against essentially spiritual entities, if you will. Uh, Our great adversary is the devil, and that's not someone uh, who walks around in flesh and blood. Yes, he can use someone who is of flesh and blood. But again, we have to understand uh, that it is not flesh and blood that we wrestle against. We wrestle against spiritual entities that essentially are trying to take us down in our soul, trying to pull us away from the Lord. So in combating these spiritual entities, we cannot combat them uh, by manners that we would try to combat someone of flesh and blood. We cannot uh, use worldly things, nor can we use worldly tactics. So the weapon of a believer uh, cannot be something that is of the world. And that is essentially what we'll see Paul touch on here in our Sunday school lesson for today. Our lesson, it opens up with Paul saying, now I, Paul, myself, am pleading with you. Again, he's still talking to the Corinthians here. And this is again in his second letter to them. He says, I myself, I am pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am lowly among you, but being absent am bold towards you. So Paul essentially Uh, There are three weapons that are actually mentioned there uh, in that first verse uh, that Paul actually speaks of when it comes to the spiritual weapons that uh, the believer has. The believer, we should be welcoming. Uh, We should be inviting uh, to those who are around us. I would I would say that people ought not be afraid of coming up to a believer and speaking with the believer. Now, of course, that uh, certainly happens today. And we live in a world where there are many people who don't like uh, interacting with the believer. And I suppose that would that would be on them. But at the same time, it, it can also be on us. We, we have to question whether or not we are being welcoming, whether or not we are being inviting. Uh, if we are being that thing, then uh, for those who choose not to interact with the believer, those who don't want to come up to the believer and speak with the believer, uh, you know, asking questions, trying to learn, trying to grow uh, in their spirit. That would be more so on them. And I think, you know, what we saw in our lesson last week as an ambassador of Christ. Uh, we have to let them have that choice. We can't dictate to uh, them the, the choices that they should make. Now, the problem that some believers have is that uh, they don't uh, move with the weapon of meekness nor gentleness. Uh, they they move in a way that uh, they act out of superiority. Uh, they will dictate to others. They will use the weapon of their finger as they jab it in someone's chest, telling them what they should and should not do and and condemn them of sin. And again, our role as a child of God is not to condemn anyone. OK, we, we can't condemn anyone. We don't have uh, that authority. We don't have that power to condemn anyone. So we'll see here that Paul, again, I want you to notice there in that first verse, he says that he would plead. He would plead with the Corinthians. Again, uh, we should be pleading with those who are around us because we know the terror of the Lord, as we saw in our Sunday school lesson last week. So because we know about God's wrath, we should plead for them to turn away from uh, their wickedness. We should encourage them. We should persuade them uh, to turn from their wickedness and to turn to the Lord. And that's what we see Paul essentially say here in this verse. 
Paul says there that he pled with the Corinthians. He did not dictate to them. He pled with them is what Paul says there. And he did so with meekness. That is lowliness and gentleness. That is softness. So essentially, Paul said that he pled for them with with humility. He out of out, out of being humble. And that's what we ought to be uh, as a child of God. We have to be meek. We have to be low. We have to be gentle. We have to be soft. We we have to be humble uh, when it comes to uh, doing the work, when it comes to ministering the good news. Part of the weapon, the weapons that we have as a child of God is not our fist. Uh, it is not our uh, not being brash, not not uh, speaking down on people. We don't we, we our weapon is not. Uh, superiority, you know, dictating and, and speaking from su- a place of superiority, looking down on people. You know, we, we pull out that weapon and the only thing that does is it pushes people away. It pushes people to run away from the believer. The believer uh, is not inviting. They are not welcoming to to come to approach, to even approach to, to ask a question. And again, you know, we, we live in a world where uh, people uh, they will stay away from someone who's unapproachable. And again, we as a child of God, we we should definitely not be unapproachable. Now, there's another weapon that Paul mentions there in that same verse that becomes a topic of discussion here uh, for our lesson this week. He says that when he was absent from the Corinthians, that uh, he was bold towards them. OK, this weapon is a tough one for the believer. Okay, we, we we have here where where Paul uh, speaks of uh, being humble but being bold at the same time, and what was hard for the Corinthians to understand was who Paul truly was. They they could not differentiate between uh, the man who would be in person would be humble. He would would come off almost being weak uh, to them. Uh, They could not differentiate between that man and the one who would write in his letters when he was absent to them, where he'd be so bold towards them. Uh, We we see this boldness uh, throughout the first letter. You remember, Paul was was greatly displeased with the Corinthians. And so uh, he spoke very boldly towards them uh, with great displeasure. Okay, and we'll see later on in this lesson where uh, the Corinthians said, man, this dude is, is rough on us. He's hard on us. Uh, these letters are, 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 are of terror to us and and he comes to us in person and he's not that guy. And so there was a, a misunderstanding there for uh, the Corinthians. But again, we have three weapons that are, are essentially mentioned here uh, in, in this lesson where Paul mentions meekness. He mentions gentleness and he mentions being bold. And I believe that we have to understand all three. Uh, if we're going to to use these weapons, okay, we 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 should be meek, okay, we should be gentle, and I'm, I'm essentially combining uh, these two characteristics into being humble, uh, because that's how I, I feel, you know, being humble. I, I think that's what it kind of means, you know, you you are acting lowly and you're being gentle. You're not uh, speaking out against someone from a place of superiority, okay? You're being lowly. You're being humble. Uh, you have humility. But at the same time, Paul mentions there that that he would be bold towards the Corinthians as well. And so someone may wonder, well, how can someone uh, be lowly but be bold at the same time? Well, we have to understand 
Paul is saying that he's being lowly and that he's being soft towards them and, and, and being gentle, but bold. It does, he's not speaking about being bold in a manner where uh, you are jabbing your finger into someone's chest. To be bold in this instance is to be confident. Okay, being confident, not being hesitant. And and what we find in his first letter is that Paul that Paul was was very bold in it. He was he spoke from a place of confidence in how the Corinthians were to carry themselves. Now, again, in person, we're going to see this later on. Paul did not say that he essentially let go of that boldness. He he just learned how to control that boldness to where uh, he did not speak out to them harshly uh, in that boldness. He spoke to them in person in a place, again, from confidence to where he was not hesitant. And he spoke to them combining in that boldness by being gentle, by being meek. Uh, it's, it's a very from from personal experience. I would tell you that it is a very tough line to walk uh, for someone uh, who is a child of God, for someone uh, who's doing the work of sharing uh, the good news with someone somewhere, uh, being humble and then being bold at the same time. Uh, if you listen to me teach a Sunday school lesson, uh, you will often hear me speak up. You know, when I ask a question, wanting people to a- answer the question confidently, uh, there's nothing wrong with, with being lowly. There's nothing wrong with being humble. Uh, but when it comes to ministering, when it comes to Knowing the the word of God, we we can't speak, we can't share the word of God from a place where we sound like we don't know what we're talking about, where it sounds like we are questioning uh, the things that we are saying. We 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 have to speak, we have to share the word of God from a place of confidence. We have to do it boldly. Something that uh, I pray about when uh, right before I preach or right before I teach is that I can preach or that I can teach with clarity. Uh, so that those who hear me teach or hear me preach can understand with clarity themselves what I am saying to them. I pray that I could preach and teach with boldness, with great boldness. So, again, the message isn't confused, that the message is spoken with confidence. So, again, that those who hear uh, what I have to teach or hear what I have to preach can understand, hey, this guy knows what he's talking about and I should follow. I should listen to him. That is essentially uh, what Paul would do here uh, when he was there and present with them, he would speak with that confidence so that they knew exactly uh, what he was taught, that they knew that he knew uh, exactly what he was talking about. And in his letters, again, he, he would write from a place of humility. But something that the Corinthians were struggling with is, is something that I believe all of us struggle with today when it comes to trying to understand what somebody is conveying through a text message or or through an email or through a comment that we may see on Facebook or on Twitter. Uh, you know, many people, it's, it's hard to understand uh, someone's mood or or uh, the the emotion that they are trying to convey. You know, sometimes some people some people may sound harsh or overly sarcastic through through the words that we read. But in person, uh, they don't come off that way. So, you know, we, we we have to understand that person to be able to actually understand the text message or or the email to to hear their voice. And I think the Corinthians were suffering from uh, from a place of, well, they did not truly know and understand Paul. So Paul would come off bold, very bold in his letters where in person 
uh, they would see a guy who came off being weak, who came off being lowly and humble. But Paul was essentially saying to him, to them that he learned that he, that he grew. Paul wasn't always like this, uh, but Paul was essentially saying to them, I am humble. I am lowly. I am soft towards you, but at the same time, I am being bold towards you. And again, the, the believer, these are our weapons. We have to be this way. We have to be welcoming. We have to be inviting. And then those who are welcome and invited in needs to understand that we know exactly what we are talking about. So that when we talk to them, we are talking with great boldness. We are talking uh, with great confidence and with great certainty, not with any hesitance. All right. That's a lot to dive into there in the first verse. But that also, again, combines with some verses that we're going to see uh, later on in our lesson here. Uh, the second verse of our lesson, it says there, but I beg you again, Paul, again, saying he begs, he's pleading with them. He says, I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with that confidence by which I intend to be bold against some who think of us as if we walked according to the flesh. Now, Paul, he could come off very bold very harsh, if you will, very outspoken, if you will, uh, to those who were not of the faith. Okay? And he, he felt that he needed to be that way uh, because it was likely that those who were of the world was that way towards him. And so, you know, we, we find that those who are of the world, those who are convicted by fully convicted by worldly doctrine, often try to use that doctrine to poke holes in the doctrine of the Lord. And there are no holes that can be poked into God and his doctrine. And so Paul would essentially say to those who are were of the world that I'm going to speak to you with uh, very outspokenly. I'm going to do that in your presence uh, because you believe one thing. And that one thing that you believe is not is not correct. And I'm going to essentially put you in your place. Uh, when it comes to, to speaking to me, coming to me, uh, trying to poke holes into my faith. Paul said, hey, if you're going to poke holes into my faith, I'm going to poke holes into your faith. Okay, There are many people who, who say that they don't have faith, but that is actually faith. You know, if you if you say that you don't believe in God, that is a faith. Your faith is not believing in the Lord. You stick by it. You stand by it. OK. And so uh, Paul essentially says there again, he does not desire to be that way towards the Corinthians. OK, the Corinthians were were open to the good news. And so Paul towards them wanted to be more so a teacher, uh, encouraging them, persuading them uh, to grow in their faith, to grow in their knowledge, to grow in their wisdom and understanding of the Lord. The third verse we will see here starts to actually get us into the spiritual war uh, that that we uh, the lesson again is titled spiritual weapons. Uh, we have to have weapons for a spiritual war. Right. And so we'll see here in the third verse where Paul says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. OK, so again, that's very similar uh, to what Paul wrote to the Ephesians, where Paul again said we we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Paul was not wrestling against the the Corinthians necessarily. He, w he wasn't wrestling against uh, the people. He wasn't wrestling against flesh and blood. What Paul was wrestling against was uh, spiritual entities that I believe would would try to affect the the Corinthians. You know, there's always someone whispering a word in your ears. And I want you to understand when I say there there's someone whispering a word in your ears. I'm talking spiritually here. OK, 
there are always spiritual entities that that are trying to get word to your heart that will persuade you to turn away from the Lord. And again, that was something that the Corinthians, I believe, were, were, were dealing with. I think that there were some who were in the midst of this church uh, who who looked at Paul and, and were not accepting of Paul. They were doing this on a spiritual level because they did not necessarily understand spiritually of Paul himself. And so Paul was saying to the Corinthians here, I'm not necessarily wrestling against you. I'm not wrestling, wrestling against your flesh and blood. But what I am wrestling against is what's going on in your heart. What is going on in your mind? You see, that is where the battle lies for us today. OK, our battle. OK, when it comes to ministering the good news is not against the flesh and the blood. It is, a, it is about what is in someone's heart, or what is in their mind. OK, there are somebody there are some who who are already fully convicted by what lies in their heart and what lies in their heart is if they're of the world is that worldly doctrine. And so we essentially find ourselves combating that worldly doctrine with spiritual doctrine. OK, we, we are combating uh, what lies in someone's heart. All right. And in order for us to 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 combat, in order for us to to do battle against this, uh, we, we, we can't necessarily fight them in the same manner in which they try to fight us when it comes to them uh, poking holes into into our faith. OK, we can't use worldly tactics, which some people do. Uh, we, we have to come. We have to approach them out of meekness. That is, again, lowliness. We have to approach them out of gentleness. That is, again, softness. OK. And again, we have to be confident. We have to be bold uh, in the message that we are going to share with them. Uh, when we when we convey the message of God in this way, again, we are welcoming. And those who who may have that worldly doctrine in their heart, but they're not fully convicted by it. They may now be open to receiving the word of God, if not today, maybe another day in the future. OK, so that's how we, again, should carry ourselves. That's the weapon that uh, the weapons that we should use as a child of God. We see there in the fourth verse. That the fourth verse says for the weapons of our warfare. So, again, we're talking about spiritual war here, about what lies in the heart there. He says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Let's continue to the fifth verse since that sentence then in there. The fifth verse says casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We will continue on to the sixth verse since the sentence did not con uh, did not end there. The sixth verse says. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So Paul has said a lot there. OK, when it comes to this warfare, OK, we have to be ready. OK, we, we, we have to be ready. And Paul said there that he was ready. We have to be ready to to do uh, a warfare that is essentially about the attrition of the mind. OK, it's about what lies on on the inside. We, we can't we can't do battle we can't fight this war uh by 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 carnal things by things that are of the world uh there again many believers who 
have tried to raise a fist and they have tried to, to combat wickedness and they have tried to combat sin uh, in that manner. Uh, there are many who who try to dictate faith in the Lord through politics. We, we, we see it today uh, in, in our world. If you if you just take a look around, uh, I, I'm not one who is for abortion, but I'm also not one who's going to create a law about abortion. I believe that people have a choice. You know, we have a choice uh, when it comes to our faith, when it comes to to where we are going to dwell for all of eternity. We have a choice. God gives us gives us a choice. God did not dictate to anyone uh, that they needed to uh, that they should or have to believe in him is what I should say there. He gives people a choice. Believe in me or not believe in me. That is freedom of choice. So I'm not one to dictate to someone what they ought to do. I will encourage. I will persuade. Yes, that's that is, again, my calling as a minister. That is my calling as a child of God. When, when it comes to serving the Lord, when it comes to sharing the good news, I'm there simply for encouragement and for for, for persuasion, for persuading. I'm not there to dictate to someone. So. I can't get into a heated argument and I'm not going to get in a heated argument uh, with someone over what they choose to believe in. I'm simply going to share my message. I'm going to encourage. I'm going to persuade and I'm going to leave it at that. Now, if someone has questions, I will answer questions. Right. But I'm not going to get in a shouting match. I am not going to to approach those who are not of faith out of wrath and, and out of hatred, which some believers do. Uh, there are some who hate sin so much uh, that that they approach a sin with the mindset of, 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 of the world. We can't be that way. And again, as we saw in our Sunday school lesson last week, as an ambassador of the Lord, we have to approach everyone openly. OK, we have to be inviting, as we see in our lesson this week, we have to approach them out of humbleness. OK, uh, we, we should never get so heated to the point to where we are raising our fist at someone, you know, and, and, and there have been people over over centuries ago who literally fought wars uh, with with crosses on their shield. Uh, trying to 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 dictate Christ to those that were around them, that is not God has not asked us to dictate. God has not asked us to to raise a fist or to carry around a gun uh, to, to dictate to people to to believe in him. God has not asked us to do that. OK, so we will see here that Paul mentions our greatest weapon that we have in uh, this spiritual war. He mentions their God. OK, again, there he says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God. God is our greatest weapon. OK, you have God dwelling in you. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you and a child of God ought to be led by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is, is our greatest weapon. The Holy Spirit calls to our remembrance everything that uh, Jesus taught us. OK, the way in which we ought to go, the Holy Spirit guides us in. He directs us in. Right. Uh, the Holy Spirit, again, in guiding us and in directing us will give us the words that we ought to say to those that are around us when it comes to ministering the good news. 
So we, we don't have to use any carnal tactics. We don't have to use any worldly tactics when it comes to uh, fighting this war. Ian, I preached this a couple of Sundays ago. The battle is not ours. It's the Lord's. And so we should allow the Lord to be that weapon for us. We, we wield the Lord. That's what we should wield uh, when it comes to doing battle in this war. And when we wield the Lord, we will see that uh, God is, 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 again, he's mighty. He's able to pull down strongholds. And I want you to understand that these strongholds are, again, uh, strongholds of the heart, of the mind. Okay, he's again able to cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself Okay, against the knowledge of God. There are some who who believe themselves to be so wise. They say uh, that God isn't real. They say that heaven isn't real. They, they'll even say that hell uh, isn't real. They they are very prideful uh, in their supposed knowledge and their supposed wisdom. And again, we can't get in a heated argument with with those types. The only thing that we can do is encourage. The only thing that we can do uh, is persuade. And then after we do that, we allow God to take over. Okay, that is, again, our role as a child of God. That is, again, our role as an ambassador. And again, we have to be ready. We have to always be on guard because, again, uh, the, the, the spiritual entities that we are against are always going to be on the move. They're always going to be on the attack. And again, yes, they will use those that are around us they they may come up to us they may approach us with the idea of combating us of drawing us okay of, of drawing that nature that 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 should be behind us uh, there are many entities out there that try to draw that nature out of us okay and again that's just, that is what we combat which is again why uh, the believer ought to practice self-control okay and we have to again do our best to strive to be lowly we have to do our best to, again, strive to to be gentle. OK, he said there again uh, in the sixth verse says that we should be ready to punish all disobedience. And, and again, we have to understand uh, punish here is not being used in the sense of physical punishment. OK, I know we see words in the scripture and we go, oh, he must be talking about this. No, let us let us understand. Paul is not talking about how. Uh, we should physically punish anybody. Uh, what Paul is essentially saying there, we should be ready, okay, to stand up against disobedience and uh, to we have to be ready to put disobedience in its place. Not jabbing, not dictating, not poking the finger into someone's chest about uh, their disobedience, but we have to be ready uh, to point out disobedience. We have to be ready uh, to point out wickedness. And again, we have to be ready. Uh, to encourage those that are around us. We have to be ready to persuade those around us uh, to turn away from that disobedience. And I, I want to point out there, notice that Paul ended there, that sixth verse, by saying that we should be ready to do these things when our obedience is fulfilled. Okay, it's, it would be quite, it, we would come off as hypocrites uh, if our obedience to the Lord isn't fulfilled uh, trying to point out to others about their disobedience because they will simply look at us and go, man, you, you're being a hypocrite because you yourself, you, you, you are disobedient. I, I seen you doing this. I seen you doing that. So we have to be very careful. Okay. When it, when it comes to, to again, ministering the good news, the believer, we have to again, grow in our faith. We have to grow in our obedience, our obedience to the Lord and his way. It needs to be fulfilled. OK, before we can go out and and try to tell others 
Okay, what they ought to do. Our obedience. We have to be obedient to God uh, before we can go out and and minister to others what they ought to do, because we certainly uh, don't want to come off as as being hypocrites. Okay, and Paul is 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 certainly one that could speak on on behalf of this, as he told the Corinthians in, in, in his first letter towards them. He was a great sinner at one point in time. That that he was a far greater sinner than than they were. Uh, when it came to persecuting uh, the church. But Paul, he he turned, he repented, right? He grew in his uh, wisdom, his knowledge of the Lord. He matured, right? And he reached a point to where he could teach and to where uh, he could preach the good news of the Lord, where he could guide others, where he could persuade others and encourage others uh, to follow Christ. Uh, you know, it, it was rough for Paul at the beginning, at the start of, of, of his journey uh, in the faith, it was rough for Paul because as Saul, he was someone that persecuted the church. He was very rough on the church. Again, he stood by. He watched as as Stephen was stoned. So someone like Ananias, who the Lord had sent to Paul, he even questioned God when it came to Paul. Ananias uh, was concerned about going to Paul because of who Paul was. So, so Paul, uh, when, when he converted over, when he began to believe in the Lord, when he accepted the calling of Christ, he too, he had to grow. Okay. He had to grow in his, his obedience, uh, to the Lord to the point to where he could go around and minister the good news to those that were around him. Paul, he grew so to the point to where even here in our lesson today, we'll see the Corinthians thought that he was weak in person. And, and essentially that he was all talk, uh, that he was all bark, if you will. He had no bite. OK, uh, if you will, uh, when it came to his letters, they, they saw a man who was very bold and very harsh in his letters. But in person, this guy was weak. OK. And again, there are many people who will take uh, you being gentle and they will take you being meek, you, you being humble. Uh, they would take that as a sign of weakness. And, and that is a great concern that many uh, believers, many who are a child of God, that is a great concern that they have today. Uh, nobody wants to come off being weak. Nobody wants to look, look weak. And, and so that uh, becomes something that uh, is difficult for for many believers, for many who go out and minister the good news. You know, we want to we, we don't want to appear soft. OK, but we have to we, we have to appear uh, we have to be inviting. We have to be welcoming uh, to all of those that are around us. We'll see Paul go on, say there in the seventh verse, he says, do you look at things according to the outward appearance? Again, are you judging things by the outward, uh, by by the outer? He says, if anyone is convinced in himself that he is Christ, let him again consider in consider this in himself that just as he is Christ, even so we are Christ. OK, so. Again, we're going to see here that the Corinthians were essentially judging Paul by by the outward appearance, where, again, if they were truly of Christ, then they should have been able to discern uh, someone what was going on on the inside. Now, we may not know. And, and I spoke about this more so at church uh, last week than I did in my recording last week. So I'll, I'll briefly speak about it here uh, today. We we as a child of God, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And, and John said in his first letter that we we should test the spirits of others by the spirit that resides in us. 
Now, we may not know someone's heart for certainty. And, and when I say that, I, I want you to understand that I'm talking about we don't know the fate of someone for certainty. Uh, someone may present themselves to us uh, in a way today that they may not be tomorrow, two weeks, a month, 10 years, 20 years from now. We we can discern what's going on inside of someone today through either their words, but certainly uh, by their actions. You know, someone's actions may portray uh, something differently from their words. And and we can discern we can discern uh, what's going on on the inside of someone uh, by the spirit that resides in us. We can tell again right from wrong. And again, that is often uh, shown to us through someone's actions rather than their words. The the Corinthians here, uh, it seems that they were judging Paul more so by the outward. OK, again, uh, his his words on paper were one things. But but when when Paul would approach them, they saw a guy who was weak. And essentially, it seems like uh, they could not accept Paul for for who he was, because on per on paper, he was one way. And then when he was in purpose uh, in person, he appeared to be another way, whereas they should have actually discerned what was going on inside of Paul. Uh, they needed to know Paul's heart uh, in that moment, I, I would suppose you could say. But Paul was unchanging in the way in which he go went. Uh, Paul was essentially the same person that wrote the first letter to them uh, in this second letter. So Paul says there, if anyone is convinced in himself that he is crisis, let him again consider this in himself that just as he is in crisis or just that that just as he is crisis even so we are crisis as well essentially is what paul says there the we there is him and timothy uh we again have to do to, to discern someone for who they are on the inside in their in their man rather than uh the outward says there in the eight verses says, for even if I should boast somewhat more about our authority, which the Lord gave us for edification and not for your destruction, I shall not be ashamed. We'll take that ninth verse as well, since that uh, that verse did not that sentence there did not end. The ninth verse says, lest I seem uh, to terrify you by letters. So essentially, Paul is saying there again, uh, he's been given authority to speak to them by the Lord and this authority. Paul, by his first letter in the letter that he had sent to them, he did not mean to tear them down. And we see there in the, the ninth verse that uh, the letters, they seem to, to terrify the Corinthians. And so they struggled to understand Paul and in struggling to understand Paul, we'll, we'll even see that some essentially uh, did not, they weren't accepting of Paul and the message uh, that he shared with them. Uh, because again, uh, in letters, he was one way, but in person, he was another way. Uh, he says again, even if I should boast somewhat more about our authority, which the Lord gave us notice again, Paul says that it was for edification, the authority that was given to him. We, we have been commissioned. We have been tasked by the Lord. We have been given authority by the Lord to, to baptize all nations of people, but, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. And, and you've heard me say this before, and I said this recently in the sermon, that this baptism is not just a water baptism, but 
It's a baptism of doctrine, the things that uh, Jesus commanded of us, the things that Jesus taught, the things that that Jesus preached, the way in which we go uh, is his. And we ought to baptize all nations of people uh, in that way. And we do this for edification. That is for uplifting, uh, not for tearing down, not for destruction. And so Paul here in, in, in these verses is conveying that to the Corinthians. He's essentially saying to them, I don't intend to tear you down. Uh, I write to you for the sole purpose of lifting you up. I, I write to you for the sole purpose of 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 edifying you, making you uh, into a better child of God. So he's essentially saying there yet my letters, you may they may have came off uh, being harsh to you. They, they may have came off like I was being a terror uh, to you, but I don't intend to be a terror to you. I am speaking to you in the way that I'm speaking to you. Paul is essentially saying there, I'm speaking to you out of a loving manner. I'm speaking to you in a manner that will lift you up to, to be a, a better person. Uh, that's something that uh, we, when we were a child, we had to understand from our parents. Our parents would get on us, not from a place of of hating us, right? Uh, you know, it sometimes seemed like our parents would would be harsh towards us, but the, our parents were that way to us because they loved us and they desired for us to be a better person. Uh, they they did not want us to to act up. They did not want us to to be a person uh, who would be a bad person. They wanted us to be a good person, right? And so uh, they would teach us in in a way that would when we were a child, it would just be so harsh. It would seem so harsh, but. Uh, as we grow and as we matured into an adult and, and we have our own children, we have our own uh, nieces and nephews. Right. We, we we look back on on how our parents raised us and uh, we become grateful for how our parents raised us because they kept us in line. And we are a better person today because of uh, the way that they raised us. And that's essentially what Paul is, is here uh, for the Corinthians. He's he's kind of like a dad, if you will. Uh, where he is in the first letter, we saw him uh, get on them for the divisions that were going on in the church. And he did this because he desired for them to be better, uh, for them to do right. And and that's essentially uh, what we see Paul conveying here. OK, so he used the weapons again. We see here today of 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 being gentle, of of being meek, that is lowly. Uh, of humility, but we'll also see here that he's being honest with them. Okay. And that's where that boldness comes in. He's being honest with them. He's being truthful with them. He's being certain with them. And again, we see that it was for the purpose of making them a better believer. But we see there uh, in the 10th verse, essentially what I've just conveyed to you. And the 10th verse, these are the words of the, the Corinthians. The 10th verse, we see they say, for his letters, they say are weighty and powerful, but his bodily presence is weak and his speech contemptible is what they were saying there of Paul. The 11th verse says, let such a person consider this, that what we are in word by letters when we are absent, such we will also be indeed when we are present. So Paul is essentially saying that I'm not going to be a hypocrite to you. OK, uh, the, the way that I speak to you in letters OK, that's that's how I'm going to speak to you in present as well. OK, you you may think I am one way in the letters, but I appear another way in person. But I am the same person, regardless of if it's by letter or in person. I am still the same person. 
Okay. I'm going to lead you in this manner. I'm going to, to speak to you in this manner. Yes. I, I may be lowly and I may appear to be weak, uh, in person, but my words, my actions, they are going to speak of Christ and you're going to see the way in which you ought to carry yourself. And you're not only going to see it, you're going to hear it as well. If you do wrong in my presence, I'm going to get on you. I'm going to let you know that you are doing wrong. But I'm again doing this from a place that is a loving place. So he's doing that from a place of of humility. He's doing it from a place of understanding. He's doing it from a place where he's being lowly, where he's being gentle. OK, but again, we should not take that to mean that that he's going to be easily ro uh, run over. OK, he's not going to be. Uh, Paul was not going to allow himself uh, to be run over. All right. And then 12 verses says. Uh, for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves, but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. Paul is essentially saying that, hey, I'm going to be wise. OK, I am wise. And in our lesson, it ends on this note in the 17th and the 18th verse says, but he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. For not he who commends himself is approved but whom the Lord commends. Okay. So again, uh, those who were prideful, those who are prideful will commend themselves. Okay. But we, as a child of God, we ought not commend ourselves. It is, we haven't done anything. Okay. We, we don't speak on our own authority. We speak by the Lord's authority. The word that we speak is God's. It is not ours. And so the glory should go to the Lord it says, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. OK, and, and, and essentially what Paul was doing there uh, in these closing verses was essentially taking uh, the Corinthians eyes off of him. OK, it is not him that was speaking to them. It was not him who was guiding them. It was not him who was encouraging and persuading and pleading to them. It was God. OK, so and, and this is something that I discussed before in the past uh, when it came to Moses and the children of Israel, the children of Israel struggled with understanding that Moses was speaking on behalf of the Lord. OK, so that they 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 always thought that it was just Moses. And again, there are there are many people who who struggle with that today. Uh, they will see the preacher and they can't understand that the words that the preacher is saying is is not his words, but it is the Lord's words. OK, and I and I can understand where, where some struggle with that, uh, because not all preachers, you know, not all preachers are, are sharing sound doctrine. But I tell you today that those who are ministering the sound doctrine of the Lord, they are pleading on his behalf. We are pleading on his behalf. We are begging on his behalf. We are encouraging on his behalf, the message that I shared yesterday or or the next or, or last week or or three weeks ago. Right. It is not my message. That is a message that has been given to me by the Lord. The message that I that I share tomorrow or the message that I share next week or a month or a year from now, it is not my message. That is a message that has been given to me by the Lord. Those are the Lord's words. God is using me, right? Uh, when you go out, if you were to, to minister to someone today or tomorrow or next week, I, I pray that it is not your words. And I pray that it is the Holy Spirit that is leading you, that is guiding you, 
And if the Holy Spirit is doing that, then the words that you are sharing with that, that one that you are ministering to, it is not your words. It is the words of the Holy Spirit. It is the Lord's words. So we are a vessel. And that's something that I've spoken about in the past as well. Okay, we are a vessel of the Lord and the Lord is using us. And so we should not glory in ourselves, and, and nobody around us should glory in us as well, because it is not our work. It is the work of the Lord. And so they ought to glory in the Lord. OK, so we've seen our weapons as a believer, the weapons that we ought to use here in uh, this warfare. We, again, don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but we are wrestle. We are essentially wrestling against spiritual entities. Our great adversary is the devil. And in the way that we combat uh, these spiritual entities that entertain and enter into someone uh, is by being meek, by being gentle, by being bold. And when I say bold there, I mean by being honest, by being truthful, by being certain without hesitance. That is how we combat. Uh, if you look at uh, the devil, for example, uh, after Jesus was in the wilderness for those 40 days and 40 nights fasting, the devil uh, approached Jesus and Jesus combated the devil. Uh, and he did so from a place of great boldness. He was he was very certain, very truthful and matter of fact uh, when he combated the devil in that moment uh, and the devil, the only thing he could do. And Jesus was, again, in a low state. He was physically weak. OK. Uh, he did it in a state uh, of meekness and gentleness, but very bold. OK, and, and, and we saw that at that moment, uh, the devil ran away with this tail between his legs. OK, and again, that's how we ought to carry ourselves as a child of God in this warfare. All right. So that is our Sunday school lesson for this week. I certainly hope that you enjoyed this lesson and I hope that you will share this lesson with someone somewhere. And I hope that you'll come back for our Sunday school lesson next week. Our Sunday school lesson next week will be the last lesson of this quarter. So I certainly hope that you'll come back for next week's Sunday school lesson. Until that time again, let us continue to keep one another lifted up in prayer. Continue to pray for all those around us. You never know what anyone is going through. So continue to keep all people all people, whether you know them or not, continue to keep them lifted up in your prayer. And again, let us continue about in grace and in love. That is our calling as a child of God to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So until next time, I'll continue to keep all of you lifted up in my prayers. And I'll pray that the Lord continues to keep and to bless all of you. Mm -hmm.